So, we are in the Netherlands. What's up? Yeah, man, good to have you over here in yeah. uh, my home country. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's great to be here, you how know. Do you, how do you like it so far? I love it. Uh, first time in, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, Tilburg. Oh, that's actually right. Not bad. Yeah, nailed yeah. it. You know, I had you on the podcast, episode 60, mm-hmm. and uh, we talked for a bit, and decided to come over to work on some stuff, and, yeah. and here we are. So, for those listening, we thought we'd record a podcast while we're together mm-hmm. do a bit of a Q&A thing it's the first time actually I've done a podcast with someone in person yeah for me as well yeah yeah no second one second, second one yeah. it's, I like it man it's good it's, it's, it's like way more personal than more it personal. is than doing it over Skype or it's just different yeah I don't, I don't know why but yeah yeah. It's maybe it's like body language and yeah I think so all those things I, so. I don't know for sure so in this episode, uh, what we're going to do is answer a few questions from the listeners, and we'll just see what happens. We might mm-hmm. ask uh, answer a few questions. We might answer a lot, uh, but we have got let's see, that's a lot. Five, six, seven, probably about ten questions here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything else you want to say before we get into it? No, I just really want to say thanks because um, when your podcast episode was online. Um, I got a lot of people uh, reaching out to me like mm. saying thank you because they heard my story and they really appreciate me sharing the story and they were listening it through your podcast mm. so mm. Uh, thanks for that course, and man. I really had a great time here in my hometown with you and yeah, I'm really yeah. happy to meet you finally and uh, absolutely to have uh, to have done some work in the last few days yeah, yeah. so yeah man I had, a, I had a good time and I hope you had as well of course man of course cool. so what did we work on? We'll share more about that probably yeah. in this episode. Tricky secret. Uh, because, yeah, because this episode is going to be going out during the enrollment period. So you guys will know about what this is. But anyway, yeah. uh, first question from William Davis is, how do you know when it's time to get an artist coach? Uh, I'm going to get you to answer this one first and I'm going to share my opinion as well. Cool. In my opinion, there is no perfect timing. As mm. in an, an, an artist coach, a coach could be useful during your whole career. Mm. Could be useful in the beginning where you don't know how to start or when you know where to go or how things work. Uh, could be useful in the end when you're a, like a work professional mm. and you need like professional guidance and a neutral sparing partner or a business partner actually. And in the middle as well because you always need someone on the sideline who's neutral and who can help you out with a lot of things. So I don't think there's like a, a, a perfect timing. I think whenever you feel like you need help or whenever you feel like you need guidance, hmm. that's the perfect moment to get a coach. I agree with that completely. I think that the best time to get a coach is when you have extra money mm-hmm. and you're not sure where to spend it. Yeah, uh, and so yeah I, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, because I remember being on, I think I've told the story before, but I did a Q&A with Icon Collective mm-hmm. uh, online. And someone asked, I've got this extra money, what should I do with it? Should I buy courses? You know, I was like, well, I would invest in coaching. Yeah. Because it's an investment in yourself, actually. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I can I haven't had a, a music production coach mm-hmm. in my life. I have had uh, a business coach and he saved me so much money and so much time. Yeah, that's that it. if I just purchased like a, a course, and courses are amazing, like courses are sure. super helpful. They just don't give you specific one-on-one advice. Mm-hmm. I think coaching yeah. is more like custom advice. Exactly. As in they look, they look at your, your problem, your challenge at that moment, yeah. and they help you uh, like conquering it. So yeah, 
it, it's it's like useful always in my opinion i i had like a career coach as well after mm. my burnout and i needed to figure out what i should do in my life uh, for my mm. next job so i hired a business coach like um, yeah a career coach and that helped me enormously mm. as in he helped me finding out what i was looking for in a job and why i why i want to do this why i want to be a coach and stuff yeah. so it's really useful and uh, yeah like you said i think if you have some extra money to spend it's one of the best investments you can do as a company. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else on that? I think that's... I think that uh, pretty covers it. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So second question related to that is, is how do you find and pick the best one for your needs? I think here's where the experience comes in, as in there's a lot of people calling themselves coach nowadays. Mm. We talked about it earlier, yeah, like all sure. the life coaches oh and stuff. Oh my goodness, life coaches. Everyone's just putting in, in their Instagram, Facebook profile, yeah. like, hey, I'm a coach now. I did as well, but um, at least I have some reason to be a coach, yes. as in I've done a lot of things in my career. I've experienced all the things myself. Mm. Uh, I know a lot of people, I have a big network, and you need to find out, like if you're looking for a coach, you need to find out if they're real, as in mm. have the experience, do they have the experience to help you with your challenge or your problem at that moment? Because telling you're a coach and being a real coach is mm. a real difference. So mm. I think that's the key. Just do your research and find out if, if they're really the person who they are pretend to be because it's really easy to fake on the internet. For sure, for sure. And a lot of coaches offer a free consultation session, or at least they should, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so take advantage of that, you know. Have 15, 30-minute calls with these yeah. coaches and, and, you know, you'll find with some people you might, they might be great coaches, but you might just not. Yeah mesh with them or i actually do the same like when you want to come into the the coaching course with me mm. i do like a 15 minute 10 minute call mm. before just to meet and just have a quick meet up and see yeah, how, sure. how we feel and how we yeah what we yeah. think of each other yeah. uh, have a quick chat about what i do and what i can mean for you mm. and just just a quick chat you know like mm. it's it's a low effort thing but i think it's important just to meet up before you decide yeah. to do something else it's completely free and stuff so someone i think Every coach should do it. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's my opinion. He's got two more questions. Yeah. William Davis asked four questions in total. Yeah. <laughs> are one session artist coach sessions a thing? Um, yes, they are. But they are not called artist coach sessions. Uh, they're called like consultancy hours. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I do as well. Uh, a few people just have a lot of questions and they're mm -hmm. not particularly interested in like a long-term coaching course. They're just interested in having their answers, uh, their questions answered and then just roll with it themselves. Mm. So a few people just come in every like half a year and yeah. then just ask me all the questions they have at that moment. Sometimes it takes up one hour, sometimes two hours, doesn't mm. really matter. But then they just have all their questions done and they leave and they continue their career. So yes, it exists, um, but it's more a consultant hour than it is a coaching hour. Mm, because I with see. the coaching hour, we, we have a look more at the long-term thing and yeah. long-term goals, all those things. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, next question, is it worth spending money on that rather than, I'm assuming he means than learning yeah. more about production? Well, I, I, don't, I don't think that's the right question to ask because is it worth spending money on that rather than learning more, more about production? You can do both. In fact, yeah. if you have an artist coach, you're probably going to learn more about production. Yeah, and but I, I do think the thing is that you first need to make music before you are going to look for yes. an artist coach. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. 
it will be different with a life coach or whatsoever but mm. like me a specific artist coach you would already need to know how to make music yeah, or for sure. you've already released a few cut tracks or whatsoever but i think you can't do the one without the other i do think a lot of people uh mm. we've kind of talked about this they put the cart before the horse in the sense that they try to start building their career as an artist uh, before their music is even up to standard yeah and uh, I don't think you need to make exceptional music to have a full-time career as an artist. No, definitely not. You it's don't have like, to make exceptional music. It no. has to be good. Sure, it has to be good, but it's all about the other things as well, as mm. in branding, marketing, all yeah, the, your, your sure. live performances. Mm. It's about everything you're doing at that moment, your social yeah. media, like your, your online communication. How, do, how does that look? Mm. How yeah. often do you do, you do those things? Um, it's not just about your music. Of course, it has to be high-quality music, yeah. but... It's not all about the music. Not all about the music, but there's that, that base level. Yeah. Because you, you have those two camps. You have the people who think that all they need to do is make great music and everything else will sort itself out. Yeah. That does happen, but it happens to one in probably 10 million it's people. Really you know, rare. It's, yeah. it's super rare. Uh, and the second camp is I don't need to worry about my craft. I'll just spend all my time networking, blah, 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 mm. blah. That may get you some level of success. It just won't be sustainable. No, it's, it it's a short-term thing, but mm. you could have a, like a nice run as in you could have a nice five years. That's true. That's you, true. You could have like an, an awesome career for five years, mm. travel the world, do a lot of things, but you need to know that there will be a point mm. when things will come down to your music. Yeah, exactly. And it's unavoidable. Inavo- in, is that a word? Unavoidable. Unavoidable. And when you just know your music is good and the rest is good as well, it's mm. like a really strong bass. Mm. Yeah, and exactly. I, always, I, always, I think that's the best way to go, as yeah. in the bass should be 100%, yeah. and then you can build like a steady career. Yeah, I like that. I like that. They were actually nice questions, but Those are really yeah. good questions. Thanks, William. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so next question comes from Rixana. Co Celea? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who is interested in both production and DJing, but who's not sure it's the wisest decision to learn both at the same time? So she needs to make a choice. That's what I, she's asking, right? I would, uh, I would just straight up say learn production first. Yeah, nowadays I would because DJing isn't that hard, hard anymore. Yeah, because yeah. you all have like the the automatic BPM CDJs. meters and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so the, the CDJs has become not a CD player, but a computer mm. actually. So I would definitely recommend starting with production because it's harder. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it takes longer to learn. Yeah. And DJing is something you can learn on the fly. And like, like I've, I've got a story here because, you know, I lived in Wellington in New Zealand, which is a pretty small city. Mm-hmm. And a lot of DJs who weren't producers and like they didn't last long because that's all they could do. Yeah. And, and the, what kind of happened is like everyone was getting into DJing Mm-hmm. which was easy to do and how would you set yourself apart how would you be different by making music so mm-hmm. few producers yeah because no one wanted to learn how to make music because it was hard they'd go for like ghost production and so on and so on so yeah. if you can learn production and get good at it it will put you ahead of just the DJs who don't know how to produce yeah. like it's I don't think it's there's still a few people who do it but I don't think it's possible now to have like a lucrative long term career no. without without being a producer no I mean you can just hire a ghost producer which obviously happens a lot a lot yeah but I think there are I think you really need to make music as in I can only name one DJ 
who made it so far, and I'm not even sure you know him, Benny Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Ah, uh, rings a bell. Like he's a Dutch guy. He's, mm. in my opinion, he's one of the only DJs. Carl Cox, for instance, as well. Carl Cox, sure. He's like those two names are the only names that pop up when I yeah. think about DJs who made it without yeah, music. Yeah, of exactly. course, they released music right now, but they've come a long, long way. DJ for a long time. Exactly, yes. without yeah. releasing any tracks. Mm. It is possible, like everything's possible, you know, but if you want to go for the biggest biggest chances and the biggest opportunities, mm. I would choose for production. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's best, to answer the question, I think it's best to focus on production. You can always learn DJing later, especially if you get asked for a gig. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I remember, I think my first gig, like I had hardly practiced, you know, and I was up the night before just like, you know, and, and obviously it went pretty bad, but. <laughs> It's, you learn from these things. Um, can it be done, realistically speaking, learning both at the same time? Uh, yeah, sure. Yes, uh, it just depends on how much time you have. Yeah. It's more, I don't think it's a question about, is it realistic, is, is it wise? Yeah, and why not? I mean, yeah. DJing is a completely different thing than production, as mm. in, if she has the time, I think it's a she, Roxana, yeah. yeah. Um, if she has the time and like let's say she has like four hours a day why not spend three hours a day on production and one mm. hour a day on music or spend your weekends on djing or whatsoever but i just think like both at the same time yes it's possible it's a completely different discipline that's true that's true and djing is kind of fun as well as in it's not that hard on on your yeah, mind that is a good point you don't get really tired of it so it's mm. it's also um it's also nice to do in the weekend like mm. you know it's just a fun way of Having, having some time for yourself. I always found as well when when I was kind of in a dry patch with production, mm -hmm. uh, I'd jump on the decks and I'd yeah. do some mixing and within half an hour, I was like, I just want to make music now. Yeah, because you're more creative again because yeah. you, you've done, you've gained some inspiration from all the tracks you've been playing or exactly. the effects that you've heard or the transitions exactly, that you've yeah. created. That worked for me as well, by yeah. the way. So that's, yeah, it, like it could that. definitely work together, but it's it all depends on, do you have the time and the motivation yeah. to do it? Like it, it's sure. all up to you, you know? For sure, yeah. Yeah, but I, I would definitely spend more time on production. Yeah. Maybe I always come back to the 80-20 rule, like 80% yeah. on production, 20% DJing. All right, next question. It's not really a question, it's from Matt. Um, not, yeah. Jesu Betham. More about growing a brand and moves to make more about growing a brand and moves to make just starting out as an artist and moving on from just being a producer. So I think he's talking about <laughs> been making music, now I want to start building my my brand, my career. Mm -hmm. um, and how to do that. How to do that. Well, <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, this is funny. This is probably a good point to talk about the course, actually. Yeah, this is and like- And then, uh, then we'll answer the question and give you some free advice, but. <laughs> <laughs> This actually is like the perfect bridge to yeah. to connect. That's good. That's good. Okay, so you can you can intro it. I'll you. I'll intro it. Um, you you are about to be pitched. <laughs> the reason I'm over in the Netherlands is with Charlie is because we're working on a course uh, called Build Your Artist Career, and this all came out of the fact that um, you know I interviewed and we we had a talk, kept talking. We realized there's a lot of people out there who've just been given bad advice, who have unrealistic expectations of music industry or a, music, a career in music, they either think that it's impossible to have one or they think it's too easy mm -hmm. and it's not easy. And a lack of a framework or organized knowledge around this yeah. area. Obviously you can, you can read some books, YouTube videos and so on, and you can kind of hack it all together. But we wanted to create something that was 
a, a system, a framework, mm. um, everything in one place. And so Build Your Artist Career is a four-week course, though if you want to, you can go through it at a slower pace. It's four weeks maximum, and it's a practical course. So each week you're going to have an assignment to do. The first week is all about building an actionable plan for yourself, uh, setting a vision for your career, setting goals and actionable systems that will help you move towards those goals on a daily basis. And then the second week is on networking. Mm -hmm. And Joey has a lot to say about that. How do you network effectively online? How do you network in person? What are some strategies to network with people who are way ahead of you? Then the third week is all about how do you get plays on your music? How do you get more downloads or more Spotify streams? What are the strategies to do that? And finally, in the fourth week, we look at how to build your audience. How do you brand yourself well? Uh, how do you use social media? How do you get true fans, people who will download all your yeah. music? And who will come back like, merch, will come back yeah. again and again. Not just one free download and disappear, but, but well, stay. Actually, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and maybe yeah. buy some merchandise actually. and For sure. Like true fans. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it is a practical course and that's something that was really important to us. Mm -hmm. Because what happens with a lot of online courses is people just kind of sign up to them and they watch a few videos and they don't really take action. Uh, so this one is each week you've got a set of videos, then an assignment. You have to work on the assignment yeah. to move on. You have to work, actually. You have to. You, I mean, you can just skip over to the second week without yeah. doing the assignment, but sure. you're not you're not going to get as much out of it. Um, do you have anything else to add, add to that? Um, no, I think you killed it, as in... Uh yeah, you've completely explained everything. And just from my side, like I've been there myself as an mm. artist and I think it's important to have a plan just mm. beforehand, before you start. Before, for sure. Yeah, so you know which way to go or yeah, you have like a, a North Star to go, you know? Mm. It's just, not just going anywhere you feel like going. Mm. Um, because if you know where to go, it just really saves up time. Now also on the course we have a live Q&A call every week. Mm -hmm. uh, so career-related questions, two-hour call, a long call. Um, so you can join if you're part of the course, ask Joey and I questions, uh, yeah. that's for the four weeks. Now, if you wanna learn more about the course, you can head on over to edmprod.com forward slash B-Y-A-C. That is edmprod.com forward slash B-Y-A-C, which is short for Build Your Artist Career. And if you have any questions about the course, just email info at edmprod.com and we'll get back to you ASAP. So that cool. was the pitch. That is Build Your Artist <laughs> yeah. So to answer Matt's question, that, but also more about going to burn and moves to make, just starting out as an artist, moving on from just being a producer. I think first of all, like we talked about is have a plan. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I'm not really sure what he means as in more about growing a brand and moves. I think he just wants us to talk about that. Just growing as a, as a as an artist. Yeah, yeah. I think having a plan is just one of the most important things. Like knowing what you're going to work towards, mm, mm. knowing why you're gonna do it, mm. and how you're gonna do it. For sure. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. And yeah, like like Sam already told, like this course will guide you through it. Mm, exactly. That's the best way, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And and you can do this without the course. It's just going to be a little bit slower. Mm -hmm. um, the other piece of advice I'd give on this is read. Read more books because mm -hmm. there are a lot of books on the music industry out there. There are a lot of books on how, how it works, how the song distribution system works. Yeah. There are a lot of uh, business books on branding. 
you know, Gary Vaynerchuk has a good one on social media. And like, that's going to help you the most, gain that knowledge. I mean, I'm telling you, like, there 90% of artists, I believe, are just ignorant when it comes to this stuff. Mm-hmm. They're blindly just like, oh, I posted this on social yeah. media, I posted this. They're not deliberate, they're not intentional about it. No. They don't know what they're doing. I think um, in, in, in the end, a lot of them forget that they're running a business. Yes. Like, yeah. Like I, I just wrote a piece about 10 tips for like a, an artist. And one of those tips is like, don't forget that you're a business. Yeah, you're As right. in, I have a lot of clients that come in and say like, yeah, I make music, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, how is your finance? How is your yeah. investing? Yeah. How is this? How is that? And then they look at me like, what are you talking about? Exactly. It's like, dude, you're a business. You need to fix those things. Yeah. You need to make sure that everything's being arranged yeah. properly. And I think a lot of people are forgetting that. Like, mm. of course it's making music and of course it's releasing music, mm. but in the end, you're a business. You're exactly. making money and you need to yeah. invest and you need to think about future plans yeah. and, and expanding and all the same things as a normal business do as well. Yeah. Uh, but they they just don't seem to they're not they're not financially literate and the yeah. the issue with that is I think is if you do become successful and you're not solid on your finances you'll just spend your money yep. and you won't have a plan and eventually you'll get you'll finish your five yeah. years of touring you'll be like and I think the reason of that is because everyone who's becoming an artist begins for passion mm. out of passion as in they love music they love to play mm. they love to make music making music yeah just for fun as a hobby same yeah, as I did yeah. you know like I started playing people's parties at home and for sure. it just escalated and escalated like it's a long term escalation as mm. in it doesn't happen overnight but yeah. it just slowly starts escalating Yeah. and suddenly you wake up and you think like okay I'm running a business mm. how should I fix this and how should I fix that and yeah. you have a management and you have a booker and you have a publisher and you have your own label and yeah. everything needs to be arranged you know for sure and if you have to do all those things afterwards yeah then it's just cleaning up the mess exactly it's, it's and you want to be that uh, you want to beat that actually do you want to do that in forehand you want to keep it nice and clean from the beginning yeah uh, and, and ideally a manager should help you with this yeah. but you should know it by yourself anyway yeah you, should, yeah, you know, the manager should help you with this, but on the other hand, when he's working on helping you creating the business, yeah. he's not working on uh, getting new opportunities, yeah, signing exactly. your deals yeah. and all yeah, those yeah, other yeah. things, which you hired him for. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great <laughs> advice. Um, the third piece of advice, and then we'll move on, um, mm-hmm. is, wow, we haven't got, that's it. This is a short, short episode. But um, <laughs> sure. maybe we can talk about something, a topic. But mm-hmm. third piece of advice is you, and Bonnie and Clyde talked about this on the podcast, you're not just a music producer, you're an experienced producer. Yeah. You're definitely. not just making music for people. And think about this as why do consumers listen to music? They don't care about the fact that you've used sample X or Y. They don't care about the fact that you used a ninth chord in the breakdown. No. What they care about and why they listen to your music is because of what it gives them in terms of feeling and experience, mm-hmm. emotion, um, their response to it. That's why people go to the movies. Yeah. That's why people go for walks on a sunny day. Um, you, know, you know, I always refer it to like your little sister or mother or brother or other family member. When producers listen to, <coughs> listen to music, they listen to how is the bass mixed? Uh, how is that hi-hat mm. sounding? Like there's a, too much high frequency, frequencies on the hi-hat yeah. or 
like all those details, you know, yeah, which yeah. is good because it's your profession. You should For know. Sure. But the thing is that when you create a track and you put it out there mm. so and someone is going to listen to it. So let's say your little sister is going to listen to it or your mother or your nephew. Mm. And they're not a music producer, you know, they're just someone who does, maybe she's a hairdresser or whatsoever. Mm. Mm. And they listen to your record. And the only thing they will listen to is... Can I sing along? Yeah. And do I like this melody? Exactly. That's the only exactly. two things they listen to. Yeah. And all those other things, as in there's too much bass, that there's too less high frequencies, uh, the break should be uh, eight bars shorter. Yeah. All those little details don't really matter on on that point. Yeah. As in yeah. your bass, like again, your bass should be good. Like the mm. melody and the singing and your your that should be good because mm. that's the thing that uh, that's going to stand out for sure like yeah. having your bass really mixed tightly yeah isn't going to make your track better on the long term yeah yeah exactly no of yeah. course it matters because it should sound well but yep. there's a difference between sounding well and just ridiculously good absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah nice yeah. no, that's great advice that's fantastic so we'll answer this last question then i'm gonna uh, hit you with some stuff yeah <laughs> so this comes from a joy is, is that a like an artist name or I'm not sure I think it is yeah probably uh, let's say you've been producing for a good while and you feel your music is at the level where it is competent enough good enough both through personal taste and objective feedback from others mm -hmm. is it a better strategy to continue releasing your music on your own for free in exchange for followers via download gates mm -hmm. Or does it make sense to start submitting your music to labels? I personally sometimes feel that submitting demos almost feels passive and that you're putting your track into limbo while you wait for responses on said demo instead of having just released it and promoted it yourself. Yeah. Thanks. I've got, I, we may disagree here. I've got uh, yeah. my Go strong opinion. Uh, I think more often than not, it is way better to self-release if you learn a bit of marketing, like if you learn some marketing stuff. I think it's way better, mm -hmm. especially in a day and age where you can get yourself on Spotify playlists and your song can blow up. You don't need to release on a label to be on Spotify. I totally agree, actually. Yeah? Yeah, because... Yeah, I, I, I feel like labels are almost dead. Yeah, but I, I totally agree because we live in 2017 now. Like, if yeah. you would have asked me this question two years ago, mm. it would have been different. But times change, of course. Yeah. And times have changed a lot. A lot. A lot. And platforms such as TuneCore and all those mm. other platforms um, changed the game. As in, yeah. sure, labels aren't dead and they still sh could be useful, mm. but only when the label uh, adds value to your release. Exactly. As in, maybe they have a big following w w which you could um, join in. As in, you could, mm. uh, I'm not sure how to say it in English, but you can use their audience. Yeah. If you don't have an audience yourself, you can use their audience to promote your track. Yeah, for sure. If they're really good at marketing and you suck at marketing, you can use yeah. them for that. If they have a big network or like if you sign a deal with Sony who has like an international mm. business going on, you know, if, if your track does well, it's really easy for a company like that to make it international. Exactly, yeah. Um, and that's really hard to do on your own. Yes, But yes. to get started, I really recommend you to do it on your own and to... Yeah. to read some books about marketing yeah. and how to sell your product and like social media things and stuff. Mm. It's way easier than ever mm. and it's way mm. cheaper cheaper than ever. So I would re definitely recommend to just yeah give it away for free or put it on Spotify or free mm. downloads. And to, to add to that as well, I think that 
it's a good idea. This is what I would do if I was trying to make it as an artist. Mm-hmm. I'd just do the free download thing until an, a label reached out to me yeah. and it was a good deal. Yeah, but that's just building tension as in yeah. Be, yeah, building an audience until you, you reach that point where... People are asking you for Exactly, your music, yeah. And you're not just it pitching be, it to them. Exactly, it should be in reverse. They should approach you. Yeah. As it, as it, as it always has been, by the way. Mm, like okay. back in the 60s, 70s. True. It, yeah. True, yeah, yeah that's that, what happened. The labels yeah. were the active ones. Exactly, but things kind of changed during the EDM mm. period where labels just sit back and felt like yeah, yeah. artists should send us everything and mm. we're just here like, no, yes, no, yes. And I don't like that way of thinking. And uh, yeah, things changed again. And you look at quite a lot of, well, you know them better than I do, but the sick individuals, I remember they were releasing like bootleg after bootleg after mm-hmm. bootleg. Then they just all of a sudden were like huge. Yeah, they did the track with X, with Axwell, of course. Yeah. Which really helped. I do know the story behind it. They sent it to him. Okay, they did. Yeah, and he just re- reached out back to them and yeah. said like, hey, I like this. We can do, yeah, we can create something together yeah. out of this. And then they just started work. I think it took them like a year and a half or something. Wow. Like really long. Wow. I'm not sure on the details here, but that's yeah. like how the story went. Okay. But yeah, that, that actually really helped them, of course. Like mm. it's actual, you know, like if yeah, you have a yeah, track yeah, with actual, right. everyone listens to it. So I did that. So that's interesting. Yeah. But the, the bootlegs ha- yeah, definitely helped. Like same with me. I released like seven eight bootlegs i think mm. and back at that days there weren't fan gates just weren't there yeah, so i yeah. just did it for free yeah you had that twitter twitter thing like a follow for followers oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was pretty shitty <laughs> um but i just gave them away for free on soundcloud yeah and i actually have like two or three bootlegs who went over 30 40 000 downloads wow and that's pretty much like you if you're gonna put your track on beatboard you're not gonna sell more no than way. 30 copies you know like yeah, no way. and if you give it away for free like 30 40 000 yeah. copies it's it's crazy yeah 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 and think about how many people you reach when 30 40 thousand exactly. people download it let's say <coughs> five thousand of them ten thousand of them are dj Mm. Those DJs play them out in all the places they play. And let's say every venue yeah. has 100, 200 plus people in it. Yeah. So e- ha- imagine how many people listen to your track. That's the thing. Like when I was, when I used to DJ and I didn't do any big like shows. It was just like, um, you know, small club gigs or like <laughs> school events. Yeah. But I was, there was a website, man. I cannot remember what it was called. It wasn't SoundCloud. It was like another one, Sound Something. No, sound charts, no. No, it was, it was, I don't think it exists anymore, but they always had bootlegs of top 40 songs, like a, little, a ton of them. Mm-hmm. I always just used that site and like got bootlegs and that's all I played. That's how I came across artists. Yeah. That's how I came across the sick individuals. Look at Rehab. Yeah, that's, that's how I came across Rehab. One of the biggest exams, you know, like yeah. he, uh, I think he started off bootlegging, but, but ended up like doing official remixes. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's the one that created the most remixes of top 40 songs ever. Mm, mm. And that made him bigger than ever. Exactly. I, d- yeah. I don't think that in those years that he did all those remixes, he did even put out one original mm, song. Mm. Only remixes. And he that, gained yeah. like audience, audience bigger, bigger, bigger. And then he dropped his own single. Hmm. So yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest uh, examples. Yeah, it's good. So, so to come back to the question, yeah. I think it's better more often than not to just release your music for free. And then if you do get given a good opportunity, judge it if it's good. Yeah. Take advantage of and it. And make sure to have a plan. Market, make sure have a plan. Marketing yeah. plan. Make sure that don't just put it online and uh, switch on the download button. 
Yeah. Uh, but make sure that you have a plan. Like, how are you going to sell your product? Because, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. People need some kind of reason to. We actually have a uh, self-release plan, song release plan. If you're self-releasing, you can find that at edmpro.com forward slash self-release. It's a free download. It's a PDF. It's like a couple of pages. Cool. Massive checklist that of stuff to go through. Four weeks out, three weeks out, two weeks out, one week out from uh, your release. So check that out, edmprod.com forward slash self-release. Nice. Now, Joe, you're an artist coach, and I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm coming up with this on the spot, so yeah, I know give this. me some leeway. <laughs> yeah, because we only have these questions. Yeah. Right? I'm going to give you three scenarios, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm your client, so I want you to give me advice for my specific situation. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what some common ones are. So this is a hard one. I know we both hate this question, but <laughs> I am 17 years old. 17? 17, one yeah. seven. I'm in high school. I've been making music for one year and I'm stuck because I, I want to go to college. I want to go to university and mm-hmm. study. <laughs> but, you know, and, and I have one set of people telling me that I should do that. You know, I have another set of people saying, but you love making music, why don't you just pursue that? In this situation, what is a good thing to do or what are some things I should think about before making my decision? Mm-hmm. That's a good one and tough question as well. Yeah, um, I've been there as well, myself, of course. But to start off with the people who are giving their opinion, like you said, like 50% says, do it. The other mm. percent says, like, don't do it. Forget about all those people. Listen to yourself. Mm-hmm. What do you want? That's the most important thing. Like no one else can tell you what's the, what the thing is that you're mm-hmm. looking for, what the thing is you would like. Everyone else who's just around you, they want to protect you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or they don't, and they just have another reason to do to mm-hmm. let you do it or whatsoever. But they're objecting. Um, they're looking from from their vision. Yeah, for sure. And not from your own vision. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Listen to yourself and think about the thing that you would like. Mm. Be realistic, mm. as in don't make things better and prettier than they are. Yeah, yeah. And be know which uh, risk you will take. Yes. As in uh, the the chances that you will make it as an artist yeah. aren't that big. Yeah. Depends on what you're looking for, as in uh, if you want to be like uh, the number one DJ of the world, that's just yes. going to be really hard. Can't you know. That, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can't bet on that. Um, but if you want to make it as like a producer and just make mm. a living out of music, it's achievable. that's, that's yeah. achievable, you know, yeah. like that's not weird at all. If, if you, mm. could, it, that's doable, but do be aware of the things that you're gonna, like the risks you're gonna take. Yeah. If you yeah. don't go to high school, it's going to be harder to get a job if you don't end up in the music industry. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, of course you're 17 and maybe you think at that moment that that's the life you're going to live just as I did. Yeah. But you never know, life changes, life happens, actually, yeah, you don't have sure. any everything in control. And like me, for instance, mm. after 10 years, I woke up and decided to do com- something completely different. Yeah. Still in music industry, but something completely different. Mm. Like my, my Northern Star just changed, like mm. in a day, actually. Mm-hmm. So listen to yourself, be aware of the risks. And what was the, the second? I forgot, but you should listen, <laughs> you should listen back and it should be there. Uh, I think those are the most important things to remember. Okay, okay, that's that's good advice. I have a lot of thoughts, but I just don't know how to organize them. So the first is that mm-hmm. one misunderstanding that people have, one mistake people make in their thinking, is that 
only one path is risky. Mm-hmm. And so you see this all the time. If I try to do music full time, instead of going to college, that is the risky option. Yeah. Actually, they're both risky because yeah. if you went to college and uh, it was the wrong thing for you to do, that is three, four years of your life gone. Mm-hmm. You probably got a student loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that to me is risk. That's and I know if I had gone, I'm not saying college is bad. I think it's it's good for some mm-hmm. things. Like I wouldn't want a doctor operating on me who hasn't gone to university. I think it depends on what kind of profession you do. Yeah, exactly. Like doctor, engineer, lawyer. Sure. Definitely. You need papers. Businessman? Probably not. No, it's, it has to be in you, you know. Yeah, and of yeah, course, yeah. there's a few things like the basis, like the basis yeah, things you, sure. need, you need to know, of course. And that's something you can learn on school. Yeah, exactly. But on the other hand, like we've talked before, it's 2017. Yeah, we have I, the I internet. Everything yeah. you need to know is on Google. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you have a lot of... Um, a lot of energy in yourself and you're, yeah. you're greedy to find things and to, to look them up for yourself, you know, like yeah. it's really doable. Like you don't yeah. need a school, uh, but it really depends on the profession you do. As in profession, music scene, yeah. I think it's better to gain experiences than study. For sure. And work on your network than study. Yeah. Because your network and your experience is going to bring you way more mm. further, further than reading a book. My only uh, pushback to that, and I'm saying this to myself as well, mm-hmm. is Uh, some people, like I think you and I, mm-hmm. and a lot of other people, we can self-motivate ourselves, we can structure our yeah. time, we can self-learn. Not everyone can yeah. do that as well. Like I, I have friends and they're just like, oh, I just couldn't do what you do, Sam. Like yeah. I couldn't, like I, I need the structure, I need that push from other people, like mm-hmm. professors or whatever, to actually get stuff done. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So I think some people do benefit from even music schools and so on because it's mm-hmm. there's deadlines and because they yeah, have to go true. to a physical place that's to learn. True. But you can still do it, um, like for instance, a coach. Mm, like you mm. can still, that's true. Yeah, you can still do the same thing and visit a coach like four times kind a month. Kind of artificially create it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you still have, a, you still have goals. You still have homework. Mm. You still have things to do. It's a lot uh, cheaper. But it would, it wouldn't take you up like 30, 40 hours a week. It would mm. take you up like one or two hours a week. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like and that. you still have guidance. You still have. You, you still have someone beside you who's going to tell you this is the best thing to do or mm. these are these are your options or watch out for this or you know mm-hmm. uh, same things you have at school yeah <clears throat> but you don't spend time on bullshit yeah yeah <laughs> like I had the same thing in, in one of the music schools I followed as well I've been on a music school for one year mm. and I think 40 30-40% of my time went to learning music history Like I'm, yeah. I am really bad with books, you know. Like yeah. if I read, I instantly forget. Mm. I just need to do something once, and I never forget. But if I read, yeah. I just forget it. Yeah, yeah. But music history was one of the parts of this of the of the study, of course. Mm. So I needed to to get an A on it mm. or a B or mm. whatsoever. But I, it was really hard to me. So it cost me a lot of time to learn it. But all those time that I've spent learning music history, which mm. was fun to learn, but I'm never going to use it again. For sure. Yeah. And all those time that I've spent in that year, I could have spent on like improving my, my production skills mm. or improving my network or whatsoever, which in my opinion is way more important mm. than the music history. Mm. Mm. And so, yeah, it's, it's really up to yourself. And like you said, you need to be uh, a self-learner. Yeah. And you need to have the energy and the discipline to to work yep. and don't yep. not laying in your bed every day. For sure. It is a hard question to um, It is. It's, it's really personal, to, as in yeah. we can't decide for you. No. You have to look up you have to look in your own 
at your own life and decide like, okay, where I am, where am I? Yeah. Who are the persons I have around me? And is this the best thing to do right now? For sure, for sure. And be rational about it. Don't let your mm-hmm. emotions cloud your thinking too much because what can happen, I think, in, in both scenarios is you may experience, you know, a couple of weeks or even months where it's like, oh, you know, I'm not enjoying this. That's mm-hmm. normal. Like that's yeah. normal. I've been afraid. I've been, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. unhappy about like for a week. When, when I started with the coaching thing as well, I was thinking yeah, like, is this the right choice? This happens. I don't know, but you this only happens. find out and by one way and that's just doing it. Like if you expect life to be one continuous not strain of like <laughs> happiness and joy, uh, got some bad news for you. Um, That's gonna be a hard one. You're human, you're gonna feel anxious, you're gonna feel stressed, you're gonna feel like you've made the wrong decision, it's normal. It's normal and you're also not always going to have complete clarity about a decision. Mm -hmm. You're not always gonna feel at peace about it. Uh, Sometimes you just have to make the decision. And sometimes you just have to accept the fact that it's not gonna happen or, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's not always up to you. That's That's also another thing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Scenario number two. So let's say I'm a full-time performer, mm-hmm. producer, DJ, like mid-tier, like I'm, I'm playing shows nationally and a few internationally, but nothing nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's my life. Like it's my full-time income. I've been doing it for four, three, four years now. Mm-hmm. But I don't like the scene anymore. I just don't like performing. I don't like the people. I don't like um, the vibe. It's just changed too much over the years. It's not what I got into it for. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I sit down to make music now, all I think about is like, I'm just making music for the clubs or festivals that I don't even like and I don't mm-hmm. even enjoy. My passion's gone, but this is my, I don't know what else I can do with my life. Like this is all I've known. What advice would you give to me? My advice to you would be spend time on yourself. As in try to find out who you are as a person mm-hmm and not as an artist or whatsoever, just you as a person, like even before you were an artist. Yeah. And what are the things you're looking for in life? As in, it could be that you just made the wrong decision a few years mm-hmm. ago mm. and and uh, uh, ended up being an artist in the wrong genre, in, in the wrong lifestyle that you don't like, with the wrong people that yeah. you don't like. So it's, it's really like all about knowing yourself and knowing what you're looking for in life. So I would definitely recommend that person mm. to uh, to spend time working on himself, as yeah. in first trying to find out what he's looking for in life, and maybe it's still music, you know, like maybe he can still be a, mu- a music producer, yeah. but maybe uh, he wants to be in the background, and for maybe sure. he wants to be like a ghost producer, or like a pop producer for, for Beyonce, or like mm. uh, maybe even a, mo- a movie, uh, mo- like movie avec sounds, you know, mm. like um, mastering and stuff of the movies. It's also a profession, but nobody thinks about it. But it's also an option. You can still live out of music, but do something completely different. Mm. So I think the, that person is kind of confused and lost his way into the music industry yeah. and lost himself. And he needs to spend time working on himself. I like that. I like that. Okay, now the third scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I've been working on music for ages. I've got the work ethic. I've got the drive. I've got the plan. Everything, you know. But, um, you know, I look at all these top DJs and like they're all Dutch. And then I'm like, I'm not Dutch. <laughs> I don't have any Dutch in me and I'm doomed to failure. Like what, what advice would you give to me then? Because there's really no solution, right? There is a solution. 
As in, it's not about the fact that we're Dutch. <laughs> but it is. And be honest, Joey. Like, it isn't. There's something. Is Calvin Harris Dutch? He probably is, like maybe half Dutch. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. One no, of his parents is Dutch. No, no I, I think he is. And then, you know, there's something in the water over here. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think it's the water. I think um, the fact that we live in a small country yeah. and the fact that we're able to uh, meet each other really quickly and with a low effort, actually. That helps a lot, and I've heard, I'm not sure everyone supports that opinion, but I've heard that um, like a lot of people help each other out here. Like for mm -hmm. instance, uh, all the people from Breda, I live like 20, 30 minutes away from Breda. We see each other regularly, mm. uh, not that much now, but like two years back, three years back, we went out a lot together. Yeah. Just spend time together, uh, tell each other how things are going, what mm. you're struggling with, all those things. So you help each other out. And we have um, the government who is supporting music. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think that's a really important thing as well. That you have like the government behind you that is pulling a lot of funds in, into schooling, mm. for instance. Mm. Like the music schools is being real in, uh, well invested. They put a lot mm. of money into building studios so the children have opportunities to build good tracks. Mm -hmm. uh, they hire people like me to come to the schools and do their talk. Sure. And, mm. So I, th I think that's a really important thing as well, but it's not about being Dutch, I think. Um, it could help you, but... Maybe a little bit. <laughs> uh, but I think moving to, to the Netherlands isn't necessarily going to be the thing you're... Nah, yeah, you need, to be, you need to be born there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to, to say? Any questions for me? What's the best thing, the best Dutch thing you've eaten last week? Ooh. You've tasted What did we have today? Frikandellenbroodje. Yeah, I'm not going to try and pronounce that. <laughs> that was good. Uh, Sloopwafel. Yeah. It was good. And... What else did we have? A burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Sparrows. And Guinness. And Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah man. Uh, okay, I think, I think that's it. Yeah. Again, if you want to check out Build Your Artist Career, that is at edmpro.com forward slash build your artist career. There's only a few days left to enroll, actually. Uh, I'm not sure the exact number, but it will say on the sales page. If you have any questions about it, just hit up info at edmprod.com. We'll get back to you. And also, if you want that song release plan, the, the self-release plan, it is a free PDF download. Head over to edmprod.com forward slash self-release. That is edmprod.com forward slash self-release. Joey, thanks for your time as Thank always. Thank you, man. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And nice to have you over in my home country. Absolutely, man. Definitely.